Bibles, turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 30 for just a few moments. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. I want to just real briefly look at the rest of this chapter with you. Beginning in verse 13, if you would stand just a minute for the reverence of the reading of God's Word. The Bible says, And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of the unleavened bread. In the second month, a very great congregation. And that's what the Lord's brought here tonight. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and all the altars for incense took they away and cast them in the book of Kidron. Then they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner. According to the law of Moses, the man of God, the priests sprinkled the blood which they received of the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not yet sanctified. Therefore the Levites had the charge of killing of the Passovers for every one that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. Father, speak. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Notice just a few truths with me that just so much apply to what we've been doing and what we're about to do. The first thing you see here in verse 13 and 14 is the consecration of the people. Now we've already seen through our study of Hezekiah how they consecrated the temple. They began to consecrate themselves. But notice specifically here in 13 and 14 as this invitation that we talked out this morning went out to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom for the purpose of bringing all of Israel together to take of this time called the Passover. Hezekiah's divine purpose was to bring Israel together in unity, to take of this time. And as people began to assemble at Jerusalem, something began to take place. And notice this. The cleansing of the temple was prompted by Hezekiah. The cleansing of the priests were prompted by Hezekiah. But here are these people just responding to the invitation. Return unto the Lord, and He will return unto the remnant. Remember this morning? on their own, without any provocation, without any initiation from the king. They began to go around all of Jerusalem and began to remove all the idolatrous things that Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, had put, the Bible says in chapter 29, in every corner of Jerusalem. The people, prompted of their own, began to go and deal with the sin of Israel. Didn't have to be prompted by the king. Now, you say, why is this important? Because look at the, what come out of that. Notice the conviction of the priest. So what come out of that? Verse 15. It says, and they killed the Passover on the 14th day. Now, why the 14th day? Remember, God said you're to, you're to do it on the 14th day of the first month, and I showed you this morning why it was okay for them to wait till the second month, but yet God specified on the 14th day. Why was it on the 14th day? Because it was the 14th day that Jesus Christ was nailed, and Jesus Christ breathed his last breath on a cross. 
You think God didn't have all this planned? You see, all this was a picture of what was to come. All this was a picture of Jesus Christ giving His body, shedding His blood, and on the 14th day, Jesus was crucified. And I've said this to you before. Can you, can you imagine, if you, if you take the hours that we have in the Gospels of when Jesus breathed His last breath, you would find out that it was the exact time that the high priest would sacrifice the Passover lamb for the atonement of all of Israel. At that moment of time is when Jesus said, It is finished, and Jesus breathed His last breath. All according to God's perfect plan. But here's what I want you to see. It says, And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves. Why were they ashamed? The people that went around and pulled all the idolatrous things. You remember, when Ahaz brought in this idolatry, guess who was in, in cohorts with them? The priests. And now the priests were prompted to cleanse the temple. The priests were prompted to cleanse themselves. But now the people are going through and cleansing Jerusalem without being prompted of the king or prompted of the priest. And now the priests get ashamed. Because now their idolatry has come home to roost. And so what do the priests do? Notice Ahaz doesn't send out another decree. And in other words, uh, uh, so Hezekiah didn't send out another decree. So what did the priests do? They began to sanctify themselves. Why? Because of the shame of their sin. That's the reason I go back, folks, that when we take of this table, the first thing God's got to do is, is deal with the sin in our life. Now, I read this every time to you when we take of the table, but I'm just going to real quickly quote it for time's sake. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when, when Paul deals with Corinth about taking of the Lord's table, here's what he says. He says, you're to take of it worthily. And he says, you are to allow God to examine you. And he said, if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. He said, because if you take of it unworthily, in other words, with sin in your life, known sin in your life that you're not willing to deal with, he said, then many are sick and many sleep, many die. So the people consecrated themselves, began to pull all the idle things out of Jerusalem. The priests got under conviction, began to sanctify themselves. Now I want to tell you what this is called. This is called revival. I mean, it's amazing what takes place here. Now, watch this with me. Notice the third thing, the cleansing of the people. So now the priests are now sanctified. The priests are now cleansed. The priests have now uh, uh, have dealt with their sin. And so in verse 16 through verse 20, it says, Now the priests stood in their places after the manner according to the law of Moses. In other words, they did what God designed for them to do. And it says, The priests sprinkled the blood that they received in the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore the Levites had the charge of killing the Passover for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. What is that talking about? Well, there were some that had come but yet not had been clean. There's some that come had not yet been sanctified. There's some that come that the blood had not been applied. But here's the reality. They couldn't cleanse themselves. They couldn't slay their own sacrifice. They couldn't shed their own blood. And so here's what took place. God designed that a 
priests could do instead what they could never do. In other words, the priests would intervene on behalf of the people and intervening on behalf of the people, the priests would slay the animal, the priests would shed the blood, and the blood would be applied to the people who couldn't do it themselves. Can I tell you today, you and I couldn't cleanse ourselves. You and I couldn't bring a lamb or a bullock or a goat, but Jesus Christ intervened on our behalf and our Passover lamb took care of your sin for us. And this is what we're celebrating. So not only do you see here the intervention that was required, you see the intercession that was received. Notice what it goes on to say. Verse 17, or verse 18, For the multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh and Issachar and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat of the Passover otherwise. Then it was written, But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God. Even though they wasn't clean, how did they come? Seeking to be clean. And Hezekiah interceded for him. Now here's the amazing thing. When Hezekiah interceded for him, they were under the chastisement of God. You say, how do you know? Because what Hezekiah prayed was that they would be cleansed and pardoned. And then look at verse 20. And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. The word healed here is translated... In the Old Testament, you remember the passage of Marah, the bitter waters? And many became sick. But those that repented got healed of the disease. Same word used here. So what are you saying? There's many come seeking. They were under the chastisement of God. We don't know what kind of sickness they may have had, but they were under the chastening hand of God, but yet they came seeking, and the priest intervened on their behalf. The blood was shed. The sin was taken care of. And now Hezekiah prays on their behalf, intercedes on their behalf, and God hears his prayer, and God accepts the sacrifice, accepts the blood, and heals from their sickness. Now, our sickness was sin sickness. And aren't you glad that the same one, Jesus Christ, that was your Passover lamb is the same one that's your high priest and interceded on your behalf? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, notice, fourthly and lastly, the celebration of the purge. So what took place? Well, look at verse 21. And the children of Israel that were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of the unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with loud instruments unto the Lord. So what was the response to, the, to having peace with God? They praised, worshipped, kept the ordinances that God had for them. You know, I don't know about you folks. But one of the miser most miserable places I've ever been has been out of fellowship with God. But one of the most glorious places that I've ever been is when I have peace that I'm in right fellowship with God. That's the reason the Bible says in Ephesians, be not drunk with wine, be ye filled with the Spirit. And then what's the outcome of, of being controlled by the Spirit? 
You'll have songs and melodies in your heart. There's some people that proclaim the name of Jesus that if they smiled, I'd pass out. Can I tell you one of the true evidences of being in right fellowship? Peace that leads to joy, gladness, and praise. It's hard to be troubled when you're at peace with God. See, this was the response. The response to the peace of God. Notice the results of the peace of God. Look at verse 22. You find first that fellowship that was comfortable. It says, And Hezekiah spake comfortably with all the Levites that taught the good knowledge of the Lord. What happened? There was a unity there. There was a comfortability one with another. And now Hezekiah could teach the truth and Hezekiah could be comfortable talking with those. Why? Because not God, remember from this morning, God had gave him one heart. And it's amazing when you have one heart. You can be at unity, you can be at peace, and you can have joy with whoever it is that God puts in your life. You see, there was a fellowship that was comfortable. There was a fervor that was contagious. Look at the bottom of verse 22. And they did eat throughout the feast seven days, offering peace offerings, making confession to the Lord God of their fathers. So what happened? There became a fervor, a, a, a zeal, a passion for the things of God. And what came out of that? A continuous confession as God began to show them things in their life. See, it wasn't just a moment where they confessed and they were done for a year. The Bible says here they continued to confess. Moment by moment, day by day. Now, here's the reality, folks. I, I've said this to you before. I want to say it again. You, you allow God to search your heart. You deal with whatever God shows you before you take of this table. And then what happens is after you take of this table, you go out of here and moment by moment, day by day, now that you had proper fellowship with God, you make sure that you maintain that fellowship with God by allowing God to deal with whatever else he shows you down the road. There's a faithfulness that was contagious. Verse 23, the whole assembly took counsel to keep other seven days. And they kept a, a other seven days with gladness. In other words, well, when's he going to get done? With gladness, they kept the covenants and the feast of the Lord. Became a joy for them. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, did give to the congregation a thousand bullocks, seven thousand sheep, and, and the princes gave to the congregation a thousand bullocks and ten thousand sheep, and a great number of priests sanctified themselves. And all the congregation of Judah, with the priests and the Levites, and all the congregation that came out of Israel, and the strangers that came out to the land of Israel, and that dwelt in Judah, rejoiced. There was a faithfulness that became contagious. You want your family to be excited about the Lord? You get excited about the Lord. You want your family to get excited about coming to church? You get excited about it. 
Instead of it being something like I get up and go to work on Monday morning, I get up on Sunday and go to church. How about this? How about you get up on Sunday morning and go, glory, we get to go to church. I promise you it's contagious. You see, there was something that was contagious about all this. And as they took of this Passover, these things began to come out of this. Now, what's the last thing, the rejoicing due to the peace of God? Watch what it says, verse 26. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. What does that mean? The joy of the people after taking of the Passover. The Bible said there was nothing like it since the day of Solomon. So let me ask you a question. We're about to take of this table in just a moment. I've said this to you many, many times as your pastor. I want to say it again. Taking of the Lord's Supper is the most precious thing you'll ever do. But it's also the most dangerous thing you'll ever do. So the first thing we've got to do is allow God to, again, reveal to us whatever we need to see. You say, well, preacher, I've been doing that all day. Glory. Matter of fact, I've heard some testimony of what God's done in some people's hearts today. And I praise God for it. And if you've already dealt with the Lord, then listen, just have a time of worship. Just praise Him. Because you're, if you're in right fellowship with God, you ought to have a song in your heart and peace in your heart, and you ought to have a joy that's just overwhelming in you. But if you still need to deal with some things with the Lord before we take this table, do it. I'm going to ask you to do two things. Number one, if you need to come and obey God for anything or any purpose, you come. Number two, if you, if you know that you've dealt with the Lord and the Lord's not showing you anything else, then just take this time and just worship Him. Because I believe that we ought to take this table in an attitude of worship. But I can't worship if I'm not clean. Listen, if you want to worship Him, you want to lift your hands, you want to praise Him, do it. But if you need to come and get along with God, do it. Or if you need to do something else, if you need to go to someone, if you need to, if you need to go outside and make a phone call, if it, listen, whatever you need to do to make sure that you're obeyed God, you do it. And then here's what's going to happen when you take of this table. Just like happened with this one. There'll be a joy in you there hadn't been in a long, long time. And you won't be able to contain it. You know what I've found over the years? It's a lot easier to put out a fire than start a fire. But we can't start a fire. Only the Spirit of God can. 
So you just obey God. I'm going to be standing right here if you need to come and talk to me. Maybe you're here today and you're lost. Listen, if you're lost, I plead with you, do not take of this table. But if God's dealing with you, you come. You talk to me. Or Christian, if you just need to get along with God, you get along with God. If you just need to praise him, just praise him. In other words, here's what I'm saying. Just obey him.